Live on a Saturday. <laughs> yes, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. It's yeah, yeah, Ruben. How's like it going? It. Doing well. <laughs> Portland is uh, is beautiful today, so enjoying some legit fall weather as we move into week six. It just feels like a good day to pregame, so to speak. Yeah, I, I imagine the weather sounds really nice there compared yeah. to it being a little warm here, but, you know, that's just Phoenix. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try and shift some of these cooler vibes that direction. No promises, though. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling it, it's almost hard to put into words like where we're at at this point. Um, Titans with a dominant win on Tuesday over the Bills to go 4-0, and so we're still undefeated. Um, but a unique week because – there's all of that to consider, and yet we turn right around tomorrow and host the Houston Texans. So, I mean, how are you feeling just overall? Well, it is just mind-blowing to be 4-0 at this point, uh, considering the adversity that the team's had. And just considering that, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, you know, we Do had, it. Get ahead. We, we said earlier in the year on the show – that we thought the Titans would, I picked them to have 10 wins, you know, at least 10 wins, right? And yep. I think, I want to say you said maybe 12. I can't remember exactly what you had. But it's, you know, I almost feel like I undershot the number with the amount of wins we have already. We're almost halfway there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, I feel like the team is, like, on a level that I don't think I've ever seen because for the exception of that year in 2008 where they won, like, what was it, like 10 or 11 in a row? Um, yeah. uh, it kind of feels like that year, actually, in some regard, but it just still, it still feels way more special. So, um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's been wild, you know, just, you know, knowing that we haven't lost a game. Everybody's pretty healthy. Uh, it's, just been, it's just been great, man. Like, what a season. You know, I, I agree, and it's interesting because – you know, obviously we keep thinking back to 2008 because we keep hitting these milestones that we haven't hit since then, 3-0, and now 4-0. and um, And I keep trying to think of how to articulate all this because I'm not – it's not that I'm surprised. It's almost just like like you mentioned adversity, just knowing how challenging football can be and then the fact that we're the Titans and we just seem to find ways to, to make things difficult for ourselves. And then going into this last game, of course, we had – you know, the COVID outbreak. So we had all this time off with, without hardly any practice. I think just being objective, it was really hard to know what to expect. Right. Um, and then of, on top of all of that, to be hosting one of the better teams in the league right now, the Bills, who were just clicking seemingly on both sides of the football. It was just, just amazing. So I, I'll, I'm going to keep trying to figure out how to phrase it better or how to, how to speak to it better. <laughs> I'm not surprised at what we're seeing, but it's still amazing. It's still, you know, mind blowing, like you said before, and, and really just super encouraging because, you know, every season obviously is its own season. Um, so I don't want to speak to this idea of us picking up where we left off. But to me, this is just like affirming that we made the right decisions going into this season, you know, keeping Tannehill, keeping Henry, you know, just building with with the team that we largely saw last year obviously was the right thing to do. Yeah, no, I I think you really kind of touched on what I was thinking in my head, which was that you know at, at the beginning of this the season or you know back when it was just mostly Zoom calls, which was kind of different for everybody. You kind of had Vrabel, you know, he would get questions like you know how, how are you feeling about this year, and 
just very like nonchalantly like we're good you know like yeah he's a he's a key contributor like very simple like not a lot of depth with his answers but it's like it's so crazy that like the wheels in his head were turning right like this is going to be the best team ever and i don't even have to say it right now you know what i mean like i could just tell you we're good and that's all you need to know because your mind's going to be blown by week four or five you know <laughs> well and this is where there's simple things too that we just haven't had in years past where it's like to have the same quarterback that you know you can rely on with the same offensive coordinator that you know is good at calling plays i mean that alone has been such an issue year over year for us that you know i think that's where a lot of it comes from um but but man it's it's great to to see that obviously there's still a lot of work to do um but yeah, what a, what a game that was! It really was a good game, and, and just touch back on that point you said, which was excellent. The the cohesiveness of the team has been really, really key, I think, because like you said, you know, we had you know so many different regimes come in, you know, and we when John Robinson came in, he tried to you know work with you know the former coach and Malarkey and see if he could make that work, and 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 their relationship never really seemed like on the same page you know they weren't lockstep for sure and then he finally gets his coach which is Vrabel you know the first season it, they're kind of still kind of revamping the roster trying to fill in you know key spots so you know this was the year that it all came together but it's like holy cow like you know we had all been waiting for that to happen and it, it was just it's just so crazy to just really see it like truly come together you know so yes, i agree and i'm really trying to savor it like you know you don't want to get ahead i know there's already been a lot of talk about arthur smith getting a coaching nod and you know there'll be some offers no matter what probably happens this year but i'm really just trying to savor it we're off to a, a really great strong start yeah you know and i think at the same time he's always been such a loyal um titan employee i mean he went through uh, Wizenhunt staff. He went through Malarkey staff. I think he was actually part of um, the coach before Wizenhunt. Um, well, ten years altogether, isn't it? Yeah, he's been on on staff. Started as a an assistant of some kind. Right. Yeah. So, <clears> I, <throat> I mean, not that I'm saying that Vrabel will be like, no, you can't leave. He'd probably push him to take some kind of great offer for a team. But I just get a sense that, and this is just my personal opinion, that he would kind of be a company man and say, you know what, it'd be great yeah. to to head coach, but I'm really happy here with the situation that I've been given. So I'm going to stick it out, you know, but that's, well, I'm hope I'm so. hoping for a Belichick McDaniels type scenario where he just sticks around for years. Um, hopefully doesn't actually leave and come back like McDaniels did, but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it seems like they're on the same page and certainly a lot of that does have to do, I think with Tannehill because they've got such a great thing going, but uh, yeah, it's just an exciting time to be a Titans fan. I think this is the first time in, in a while that I think you, I mean, I, I know I keep seeing, you know, people kind of like a little bit stunned. And then, of course, talking about other games being trap games. But this is just the time to really appreciate how well we're doing. It really is, man. With two days of practice and our JV squad out there, uh, you know, I even picked them to lose. So I'm kind of eating my words. This week. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought it was going to be even almost a lopsided game because, you know, the Bills were they're a legit team. I mean, you can't get around that, that we beat a real playoff division winner type team at home with so much adversity. I mean, I could go all on and on about how amazing that is, you know? So, yeah. And, you know, there's some things on the surface that are just really unique about that game because the bills are the first team to attempt at least 15 or more third downs 
and convert 70% of them and lose. <laughs> um, and like, it's one of those things where you hear that and it's hard to know how to feel. Cause in a way like, okay, we obviously gave up way too many third downs, but they also lost by 26. So it's like this weird form of domination that I just think is really hard to break down. Yeah, it really is. Um, if you look at the little win probability on ESPN, um, we're like leading the game the whole way through. Like, they only went over like 50% uh, at the beginning of the game. And then what looks like probably around the end of the, the first quarter, I think it was. And then the rest of the game, it just has us winning. Like, and that little metric thing, I know it's not like perfect. It's just all of this calculated math and stuff, but still it's, 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 yeah, it's crazy to look at that and like, just like literally not see it go over 50% chance that the bills were winning where our state clearly in the like you know 60 70 and of course towards the the last quarter it was already in the hundreds so <laughs> so it's like yeah. you know it's just it's just crazy like i don't know it was just in a fantastic game by the boys they really came together um you know with the defense like you said giving up a ton of you know first downs and and allowing the bills to move and the don't ball, break but they never got in the end zone and that made all the difference you know yeah, definitely feel like another bend, don't break performance. And and really, you know, kind of like you said, just a lot of credit to the to the players and coaches. I mean, this still somehow for me goes back to the offseason because we kept hearing once training camp started about the, you know, the virtual offseason and how well they felt like that went. And clearly it stayed to it stayed a good resource because those entire few weeks that we really couldn't, you know, be together physically or go to the facilities to practice, it's like we didn't lose any ground. I mean, you, you watching that game, you would have thought, and, and I think they even mentioned this on the telecast. It, it was like, it looked like the bills hadn't practiced for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, we were, we were clicking right out of the gates. It was beautiful. Yeah. You know, I think uh, in a lot of ways, as weird as it sounds, I think Frable has actually simplified a lot of the things that we do. Um, mm. And so, and where I'm going with that is that even though we didn't practice and I, and I thought that we really did need a practice, but I, but now seeing how we played on Tuesday, I think he simplified it to a point where like a guy doesn't have to practice or be super involved because they come up with such a good game plan and a good strategy. They just want the player to do like maybe three to five things and then not worry about all the rest and just play, you know? Yeah. So I think them doing that has really helped the team a lot, you know? That's a great call out. And I did see something um, about, you know, Vrabel kind of being an early nod for, for coach of the year. And I mean, I, I'm biased, but I, I couldn't agree more the way he's managed things so far. Um, and I, I mean, I've got a, a, a little bit of a short list and a few key moments that really stood out to me, but what, what is it about the bills game that, that you noticed, or even just thinking back the last few days really has caught your attention? Well, it was amazing to get uh, AJ Brown back. I mean, he looked back yep. in, um, you know, rookie of the year form even though i didn't he didn't get it but i really think he should have but he really looked like he was back in that form you know 82 yards one touchdown along of 16 you know he was targeted nine times obviously uh Tannehill was all over him and and then Tannehill's performance i mean holy cow i mean lights out i mean his qbr rating was 97 you know three touchdowns you know 21 for 28 195 yards and then even ran one in you know, so he was uh, he had 42 yards for the game. So those two performances, I think, really stood out to me. And then, of course, uh, Butler coming up big with two picks. I mean, 
that was just huge. So like, uh, yeah, it was crazy. So, yeah, I definitely had all three of those guys mentioned. Um, it was almost like somehow it was like, this was Butler's moment to earn the contract. (laughs) Um, and it really couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, right out of the gates, first drive for the bills, he gets the interception off a tipped pass. Um, and, and one of the moments, not to get too far ahead, but since it's related to Butler, that late drive in the third for Buffalo, that was a real icing of the game moment to me where Butler got that second interception to just stall them in the second half and obviously get us the ball back and extend the lead even further. He just had a monster game. And it wasn't just the interceptions. He also had 14 tackles overall, and one of those was for a loss. So I don't know. Like Maybe he took this all personally in a way that no one saw coming. We'll take it. I just thought it was super impressive to see him step up. And really that position, of course, you know, with, with Logan Ryan not being on the team anymore, it's, I feel like we've had moments where we really missed that veteran presence. And I know Butler's still only a few years or so into the league, but he was playing like a veteran. Like it was unreal how, how all over the place that he was. Um, Tannehill, an amazing game. And I, something about his game that's interesting is, so him and Brett Favre are now the only players to have completed 100% of their red zone passes, thrown for three TDs or more, and rushed a touchdown in the last 30 seasons. Um, so he had just just a heck of a game, couldn't have come at a better time. Um, and of course, as you mentioned, seeing AJ back was everything. I thought it was, was brilliant that as soon as we got that turnover in the first quarter, Second play was a touchdown pass to AJ. It really just showed you that he hasn't lost anything. He looked great, was fast, physical as you expected him to be, um, and Buffalo just couldn't touch yeah, him. Yeah, no, they had a, a hard time with him. And and just to uh, go back to the defense for a second, I thought that uh, Harold Landry, uh, when he uh, got into the backfield and took down the running back like 20 yards back, uh, it that was a really pivotal moment. I thought for just to yeah, that was actually a sack uh, on Allen. That was a, oh, sack, yeah, it was on a Allen. sack on Allen. Sorry, yeah, that that was like yeah. I mean, I think that was just like again coming back to all the adversity that we had, and I keep repeating that word, but really because I think those key guys like Butler and Landry knew that they had to have a really good game to make up for the lost practices, the COVID, and everything else, and it just really showed in the game. So. I agree. And and to that point with our defense, you know, we forced three turnovers. We had the two interceptions, also forced a fumble later in the game on a kick return. That was great to see. But Titans are plus eight in the turnover ratio, and that's best in the wow. NFL. Like, I think for, for people that are still like, why are the Titans 4-0? and That's part of it. I mean, I, I, I will admit that I'm still trying to understand and appreciate our defensive identity because I think it's unique uh, this year, especially, but I mean, they're playing well um, and, and certainly did enough to, to keep that game um, in our favor. Yeah, no, I think, I think they still have to work on the run defense. I think that's still something uh, that we would have to get better at as the season goes along. And I think there's uh, a lot of uh, kind of like, guys still wet behind the ears in the secondary that we're having to kind of fill in spots. But at the same time with us winning and them getting those snaps, I think we're actually uh, kind of shooting for the long game because, you know, guys are not going to be good when they get thrown in. Like I could have a field day with the way I thought Jackson played. I didn't think he played uh, very well back there in the secondary, but at the same time, mm. like he, he he's a young guy, you know, rookie year, 
getting thrown into the mix. So, you know, you kind of look, you kind of think back to the, like, you know, a, a lot of guys that we had last year that were rookies and then they're just even better this year, but it's just because they keep getting all those snaps. So I think the long game is going to really work out for us in the secondary. And I think as the year goes on, they're going to be one of the premier secondaries just due to the, everybody getting so many snaps and getting better at their position. Yeah, it definitely has a bit of like a only a matter of time feel. Um, I know that, you know, Clowney nearly had himself a pick six, still hasn't had a sack, but he's actually tied second in the league for most QB pressures without a sack. So, I mean, I know that, again, it's just a stat and maybe it's not the best stat, so to speak, but it does show that we're making that effort and getting there. I think at times you did see us trying to pressure the edge to force, you know, Allen force the play up the middle, kind of like I touched on before the game. So, it's a it's a process. Um, you know, I was listening to a lot of different people during the week here since our game, and I think it was actually um, – I'm not even going to say who I think it was because I don't want to be wrong, but some analysis that I heard that was interesting was just about how, you know, Vrabel is intentionally changing – our scheme every week. And I know to some extent you're going to see that in football because it's always a bit of a chess game, but their point was that this is like as coy as it gets very like Belichick, like where like he'll show you that, you know, we're going to bring four, but we'll bring three um, and then drop back into more of a zone. So they're really trying to confuse the offense. And, And I mean, it seemed to work. I mean, Josh Allen has played super well this year and he only threw for 63% in that right. game. Yeah, actually, uh, the guy from ESPN, uh, TD, uh, he actually had a really good little insight on that. And I, I don't want to take any of the credit away from him, but he was showing how like the Titans have been on defense, have been hiding their cover two by lining up basically in a cover one. And so pre-snap, Allen thought it's a cover one on one side and then would start to think, okay, well, I'm going to have man to man on this other guy, or, you know, maybe he gets open, you know, through this route, but really the, the safety just came up and then would actually fall back and fall back into a cover two. It just didn't look like it pre-snap. And I think a lot of those different looks are causing other teams, a lot of problems. We'll take it. We'll keep causing all the problems (laughs) we possibly can. A few more guys I wanted to highlight, though, that I thought had had at least had some great moments for us. Khalif Raymond, another great game. He had a phenomenal time returning the ball for us, giving us some really great field position. Had a really critical catch on like a third and 19 early in the game that just extended the drive, which was great. Um, And then Milton on special teams. Um, Again, you know, you have these players where it's like seemingly out of nowhere, a guy steps up. I mean, he had some, he had a great tackle that shut down a, a, a punt return. And then he also had a great uh, moment to keep a Brett Kern punt way down in like around the 10. Um, so I wanted to highlight those two. Yeah, guys no, as well. speaking of Raymond and his return, he was averaging 20 yards a pop on the punt returns and 17.5 on the kick returns. So, I mean, he's definitely. Yeah, he's definitely That's impressive. in the yards, and I mean, it's crazy he's doing double duty. You know what I mean? He's doing punt returns, he's doing kick returns, and he's our, uh, you know, kind of like deep threat, you know, on offense. So, I mean, the guy, mm-hmm. you know, he's definitely trying to work his way into like a long-term contract, I think, you know, but it's... Definitely showing yeah. that versatility, and I think you can say about Rabel, he likes guys that can play a number right, of different yeah. roles. Especially being down Humphreys, you know, being out in the crossfire like that in all those different type of situations, he, he's, you know, kind of lending himself to maybe get hurt or get a little bit more banged up where, you know, if Humphreys, for example, did 
uh, maybe their punt returns, for example, and kind of give him a breather. But, man, he's just, like, stepping up and just taking over all the special teams. So that's that's really good to see for a guy who was, you know, undrafted and been on, like, seven teams, you know, and just kind of falls into our organization and just kills it, you know. Yeah. It's a great story. Great story. Hopefully we can yeah, to see that agreed. kind of production. Um, another thing I wanted to call out really quickly was uh, I was really impressed by McNichols. I talked about it uh, before – uh, the, the the last show that yeah. we did and it really showed in the game i mean he averaged three yards a carry he had 28 yards and a long of seven yards i mean the guy's just running fearless through the middle i mean he, he does kind of tend to run a little bit high for my liking but i mean at the same time he's just like running right at guys so you know it's going to be a big collision if you get in his way and it's just really good to see him running hard and uh being that second uh, running back for us because Darrington Evans went in, which was nice to see, but, and he actually had a really great play around the outside and made a guy miss really bad just due to how fast he was. But then on the way out to the end zone, a guy hit him right in the uh, thigh and that was it. That was the last time he was in the game, which really sucked that it re-injured him like that. Um, you know, I don't know if you caught that or not, but you know, yeah, no, it was t- he was touched on even during the game and, and seemingly a little bit noticeable. But but like you said, a lot of credit to McNichols. He actually has the most rushing yards of a, of a running back on the squad right now after Henry. Um, and really, it seemed like certainly this was just a game where a, a lot of things seemed to go our way. But I do think that you're starting to see that running game, even when it's not Henry, be a lot smoother. Um, a lot of good runs to the outside, some good sweeps. Um you know, which is really encouraging to see. So, you know, ideally you'd love to see Evans get back to hundred percent so that we can utilize him. But at the same time, you know, if McNichols is going to produce for us, we just need at least one more option that I think we can rely on. You know, yeah. when Henry's not it, in there. It, and actually what makes uh, McNichols and Evans, uh, the, the limited action they did get uh, being as successful they were, because, you know, uh, Darrington Evans had two carries for 12 yards, averaging six yards a carry, right. With a long of nine, but, you know, w- when you look at that, uh, the way he gained those yards, he went to the outside. Um, and I was saying this in the last show that the Bills laterally, their defense is really one of the better defense defenses you can watch where they just really run laterally so well. So they shut down any kind of outside type of runs. So for, you know, those two guys to have some success running like that, it was just impressive to see against a, you know, premier defense like that. Yep. And, and about the offense, since we're on that topic, because um, I, I do feel like every year there's a little bit of like a a little attention at times over like how we're calling the plays when we have the ball. Um, but we've we've passed it 132 times this year and we've run it 136 times, which just shows like a really kind of incredible balance Um I don't even know if it really feels like it's been that balanced, but kudos to Arthur Smith and Tannehill and the team for, for operating in such a balanced way. But yeah, no, it just really seems like Arthur Smith is, you know, playing chess out there while the defensive corner from the opposing team is playing checkers. You know, he just really seems to know what to call. And I mean, he's been calling a fantastic year, Um, you know, and and last, you know, give him credit last year. He did too. I mean, getting, you know, with the, the plays that were working for us, you know, especially down the stretch in the playoffs and things like that. But I mean, the guy's definitely, you know, a genius and it's, we're so lucky to have him and and promote from within like that to have him as a offensive coordinator. So. 
Couldn't agree more. Um, there, there's one particular moment I wanted to touch on that I thought was interesting and wanted to get your take on, and that is uh, late in the first half, Tennessee was up 14-10 driving, couldn't connect with uh, between Tanny and AJ on a third and seven. So at that point, it was a 55-yard field goal. And Guskowski actually came out onto the field. It was just kind of assumed, okay, we're going to kick, get three points. You'd, you'd think that that's a kick that we would feel good about with him considering, you know, how he's rebounded since week one. Um, but then it's like Vrabel changed his mind. We take a delay of game to give Kern a little bit more room to punt. Long story short, we do punt the ball. Milton gets us a good, you know, stop. We get, we get the ball back quickly, can be keeping the bills to a three and out. And then of course, Tannehill ends up scoring just before that half ended to, to actually make it 21, 10, which was huge. I'm just curious, like how you feel about that decision. Obviously it paid off, but I think it shows a tremendous amount of trust um, in both our, our defense and offense. Vrabel thinking, okay, you know what? We can punt this ball and get it back and have time. We did. And then it's like, okay, we can certainly operate with a short time frame. Yeah, and not to and leave out the coverage unit because he would have had to have faith that they were going to pin the bills down there and, you know, give them a, a, a really long field. And at the same time, the defense come through. So, yeah, I mean, it does just show like a ton of confidence he had in the whole team from the special teams to the defense to the offense getting back on the field. It, it's just really cool to see that. And, I mean, he's really coming to his own on like kind of really like kind of having that visibility into those situations now where I think, you know, last year, for example, you know, he would kind of randomly go on fourth down and then he wouldn't go on fourth down. And he kind of always kind of had like this sense of like, you know, he sort of was, I wouldn't say winging it. I just mean, he just like was always kind of flipping back and forth from like those kind of situations where like this year, I mean, he's just like, oh yeah, you guys will just punt to you, pin you down. Defense will play hard. We'll get the ball back and score. So like, it's just pretty cool that he's just kind of seeing that now, you know? I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Um, so Ultimately, a 42-16 dominant win for the Titans to go 4-0. What was your favorite point, um, uh, highlight of the game, if you will, that, that like just kind of like plays in your head like, yeah. You know, what, what was that moment for you in the game on Tuesday? It, it's so hard to pick only one moment, right? Um, I, I think I'm going to say it's, that, it's Butler's second pick. Um, just because that to me really was kind of the, the nail in the coffin because at that point in the game, um, it was still 21, 10. So the game was not a reach. Buffalo has actually was moving the ball very well. They were taking a lot of time. So that drive for them was probably going to go into the fourth quarter and they could have made it, you know, a, a one score game, even with a two point conversion. And instead Butler gets that pick and he had an incredible return to give us insanely awesome field position, which just allowed us to extend the lead. And really at that point, I think it just, it just gutted Buffalo. Like I, I oddly enough, and I, I don't mean to say that they gave up, but they just didn't really seem to have the same attack mode after that. They weren't even really trying to move the ball quickly. I think at that point they conceded. So that would be the, what's the, crazy the is Butler had 97 me. yards for, uh, within his two interceptions, like, like almost a hundred yards in yeah. return interception yardage. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like that's so wild. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> he was probably winded after that game. That's a lot of cardio. I don't care I who like you are. In that play, he, he did kind of a Barry Sanders where he puts his hand down and like stays up, you know? It was like super cool. It, and honestly, yeah. if it wasn't for uh, Allen, uh, I think he like pushed Vercaro into him. He would have had the a pick six, you know? Yeah. It was so close. It was so close. I think he honestly probably got tired because if you watch that run back – after he stays on his feet, there's like a moment where he kind of slows down. And I feel like if he hadn't slowed down, he probably would have just run in. But, you know, we, we, we got the touchdown anyways. But, yeah, it was pretty impressive yeah, he just to see got that kind of effort. Up at the end, honestly, and uh, what's interesting is that they kind of – I mean, but the, the Bills offense really kind of like dropped the ball on that because they kind of like – thought he was going to go down and then after that they weren't really playing to the whistle which is like the cardinal sin when you don't do that right so they i mean he picked up an, and yeah. probably another 20 yards just because of that fundamental lapse in you know execution so yeah and i think this is where it's attention to details like I, i'm sure that you would imagine other teams do this i don't know but i noticed that um either yesterday or, or day before uh, Jim Wyatt posted a video where they were practicing this drill that's all about interception off tip passes. And we've seen several of them now, right? I mean, we've had a few in a couple of different games. Um, so it just speaks to us actually trying to get better at that particular moment. And then I also wanted to kind of just say that, you know, it's good to see improvement in the sense where we had that pick six by Joseph against Minnesota that got called back because of the penalty on Clowney. We did a better job, obviously, in this last game after the interception, not doing anything stupid to like negate yardage or anything like that and keep ourselves in a good position. So, you know, they're little things, but I do think details like that are Agreed. good to see just yeah, in terms no, of the really, team improving. Those little minuscule things goes a long way, and it's really showing in the team. They're just ready for any situation. So it's just so good to see. Uh, so I got a couple questions for you here as we sort of start to transition from, from one game to another. Um, the Bills, of course, um, were actually meant to play the Chiefs on Thursday night. That got moved to Monday. Um, Tennessee still set to play the Texans tomorrow. So do you have any thoughts on on whether or not that's a fair approach by the league to to maybe give a one team a little more rest, but not the other um, considering both I, teams played Tuesday. I think it's fair. And and the only reason why I say this is that they had to move their schedule around quite a bit uh, to make this game work. And, you know, not to uh, go overboard on the, the Titans were just like not keeping themselves, you know, safe or anything. It's just that they kept having positive tests. So I think keeping the bills in that limbo scenario sure. and then having to really kind of, because they were supposed to play them on Thursday, like you said. So, they, I mean, just the fact that they had to change the way that whole week was going to look, I actually give them the benefit of the doubt, and I think it's okay that they get the, the extra day. But they are playing at, like, 2 o'clock or something. It's, like, super early. So, I mean, it's really not even an extra day if you really break that down. You know, if it had been, like, a late game on Monday, I would maybe even say it's an extra day. But playing so early on Monday, uh, it doesn't really seem like it to me. Sure. So... <clears throat> Well, plus it's the Chiefs, yeah, so they, yeah. they're going to so, have yeah, their so work the cut out for them. 2 o'clock Mountain Central time. So, I mean, that's 2 o'clock, man. Like, that's we're still – you're, like, coming back from lunch and the game's on, you know. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's like even college college sports wouldn't even start that early. That's just – that's almost offensive for, for these grown yeah. men. Yeah, so <laughs> – On a Monday, yeah. 
Well, any other thoughts on on the Bills game? Uh, no, I, I just uh, was really to good Houston. to see the team. It's really great. All of the um, support I'm getting from my neighbors that are really happy that the Titans are doing well. It's just people, you know, are really recognizing my gear more than ever just because to how good the team's playing. And so, yeah, it's just been so much fun. And I think this Bills game really just put us on the map, man. It's 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 huge. So. I agree. Yeah, and I I will say, you know, you you I think it's important to acknowledge when people sort of do recognize effort like this. I I think it was really awesome. There's a handful of of journalists and, you know, media people that I I try to like stay on top of in terms of what their takes are, not because I always agree with them, but just because, you know, I kind of want to know what the pulse of, you know, the media is. And it was really great to hear Pretty much everyone just be like, whoa, Titans were on top of it. They were ready. They looked amazing. Tannehill's legit. This team is legit. Like maybe, maybe there were even a few people that were like, you know, maybe we didn't quite have them pegged the way that we should have yep. because obviously yeah. they were ready. No, to it's been great to hear and all the action. Um, yeah, I'll take it, man. It's been a long time coming. So 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 I okay, I'm gonna do all this. Right. I I'm gonna ask you a question before we talk about Houston. Um, but I'm, but I'm going <laughs> to brag about some stats first before okay. I want you to okay. answer this question. Cause it's kind of an epic question. Okay. And this is something that I think we'll have to keep talking about as the year goes on. But the question is, are the Titans, this team right now, this year, are they an elite team? So with that in mind, here's a few things to keep in mind. Uh, and this is all based on since Tannehill took over, but the Titans have, a touchdown on 47 of 55 trips to the red zone. That's 85%. If you compare Tannehill to say, oh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson in the last 17 games, he's 13 and four. Lamar is 15 and two. Tannehill has 36 touchdowns. So does Lamar. Tannehill has seven interceptions. Lamar's got eight. Tannehill has a completion rate of 68. Lamar's is 64. And Tannehill's pass rating is 114, Lamar's is 104. And last but not least, icing on the cake, in my opinion, is that his overall rating since he became a starter is 116. Patrick Mahomes, who apparently is a god and wow. can do no wrong, his is 102. So I'm just saying that I think yeah, if we're not know, elite, we're uh, It's a really elite. good question because I kind of touched on this. I think it was probably week three – how I think we're great, but we're not, you know, at that next level yet, just due to some of the nuances with the the defense, really. But you know, I think we needed like a leg- a team to legitimize us, you know, like kind of say like, okay, you beat these guys, you guys are legit, and so I think that that Bills win yeah. really kind of did that for us because you know we had beaten you know Denver and you know Jacksonville, you know. I mean, if you combine those teams' records and, and the Vikings, they've only they only had won one game between all three of them. So it's like we didn't know kind of you know what the measuring stick was, but I think beating the Bills, you know, we knew we were great because we won all those games. But I think beating an elite team or a very good team like the Bills, uh, I think it really did push us over the hump. So I think there's no question to I think the the you know where the idea that you're touching on is that we're like one foot forward in elite now where, you know, I think as the season plays on the other foot, will get there, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's a great way to gauge it. And, and like you said, to have a win, 
you know, have a sort of a marquee win, so to speak, against a team like Buffalo that, you know, had been doing so well, was playing so well and undefeated, you know, definitely speaks volumes. So obviously we need to continue that. Um, so it's not about staying in the moment for too long. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're certainly playing that yes. way no, or I at agree. least starting I mean, to play think, at that level. I think we'll be like, if people start to do some early predictions on playoffs, I think there won't be anybody who's not going to have the Titans as part of that, uh, you know, rot, that, that list of teams that are going to go, you know, so. <laughs> and if you are out there, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Call us no, once I'm you like... realize how wrong you are. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, one of these days, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Take some live calls. Hang, hang up on some haters. Uh, so so we look now at what is week six, um, hosting the Houston Texans. And, you know, this is, this is interesting to me because obviously we're playing a Houston team that, you know, I don't want to be rude. I mean, they're kind of in shambles. They're one and four. They've got one win most recently that they really needed to get over division rival Jacksonville, obviously. And we only kind of touched on this last week, so I don't want to skip ahead too far, but you know, the major storyline for them was Bill O'Brien getting fired um, (laughs) after, as I like to say, his experiment failed. Um, So they've now got Romeo Cornell, who's honestly just, uh, just a great football mind in place as their interim coach. But I mean, how are you feeling about well, this I'm game and about, good. about um, the Houston Texans? I don't really see this as a trap game at all. Uh, not to say that uh, the Texans won't come to play because we're it's an interdivision game. Those are always going to be harder no matter how bad the team is. Um, so it's going to be a tough uh, physical game with you know the defense that they have and some of the things they do on offense. But I, I still feel like we're the better team, you know, hands down. Um, ESPN has us at 61.8%. Uh, of winning, which I don't think we even had that high of a percentage winning all year. Um, so they, they must really feel like we're going to kill them. And then the spread right now is uh, 3.5 or minus 3.5 for the, yeah, for the Titans. I mean, that's huge. It's generous. Um, but, and they actually, I'm looking at the injury report, you know, they got Atkins out, which is their key tight end. Um, you know, they have a backup running back that's out and a linebacker that's uh, out, you know, and then uh, Corm- Cornell, uh, Armstrong is cornerback uh, is questionable. So they got some guys out. Um, you know, Watson is a fantastic quarterback. I, I mean, it's hard. It's hard giving him a compliment just because I hate the Texans, but he's definitely a good, a good quarterback, you know, and they have some, some guys that are pretty talented on the team, you know, Fuller uh, when he is healthy, which is not very often, but when he is, he's very fast and he's, he's got elite speed, if you will. Um, so they're a tough team. And I think, I think they're going to give us a run for our money, but I think there's no way they're going to win this game. I mean, I think that the Titans overall are just going to dominate, you know, so. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I I agree in the sense that I feel good about the game overall. Um, And honestly, easy to say, but it's regardless of how this last game went, um, you know, in a way it's deceiving because you look at Houston and you're like, they're one and four. They did play the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers right out of the gates. And and I don't really care what team you are. That's an incredibly tough start to this season. Um, but, but we, you know, football's tough no matter what. I mean, you, you've got to play what's in front of you, and they just haven't played well. Um, and they just seem very limited. And I do think some of that is the issues that were there with, with O'Brien. So maybe that starts to iron out now that Cornell is in charge. 
Um, but like right now, I mean, they're giving up 3.4 sacks a game. And, and to give that up with a quarterback that moves as well as Watson does, I think that's pretty alarming. Um, I mean, he's, he's got 32 pass attempts per game. He's only rushing three times per game. He's got an interception in every game except for one. So he's not making great decisions. He's only got two games of throwing the ball at 70% or better. Um, you know, you mentioned Atkins being out. That's huge because they've really only got three for three guys. They've got him and then two wide receivers, Cobb and Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks. They're all sharing the most receiving targets and they're all catching the ball. Well, they've all got touchdowns, but obviously you lose one of those guys. You're super limited. Um, and they're already only 38% on third down. Um, so they're, they're just, they're just not doing well. And, and a few things that are really telling that I'm curious to see if this continues with us is they've gone at least one wow. quarter in every game without any points. And that's a, that's a killer in the NFL. You've got to find a way to score points. And then on top of that, they've had at least three games where they didn't score in two quarters. So they've gone half of a game three times this year and not put up any points. You really can't do that. Maybe unless you're playing the Jaguars <laughs> or the Jets or the football team in Washington. I don't know. Nah, and especially but anyone the, else, the, you, you can't do that. The and expect list to win of the teams they open out the gate, you just can't cannot score. I mean, the Chiefs. I mean, you have to like almost score every time you touch the ball if you expect to beat them. And you know, going that long without any points is just crazy. But yeah, they they, they seem to like. You know, I think they that O'Brien uh, picked the wrong year to trade away his. You know. Uh, key receiver yeah I mean you know letting oh, go of push off Hopkins uh, was really detrimental to this year because you know he had to bring in a new guy Cooks who probably you know wasn't on the same page with uh, uh, with Watson and you know that kind of relationship takes time to build up right like you you can't just like put a new guy, a new receiver, and expect them to be like, okay, we all we we we, we get it now. It, it takes some time and, and a lot of off season, which they didn't have, right? So it, it just was a really kind of like nail in you know nail in the coffin to to kind of trade him away this year. It just was it just was terrible timing with that. And then bringing in David Johnson, who you know we don't know if he's the real David Johnson or he's going back to the way he was playing the last couple of years. Just kind of really odd moves, and it just really hurt the team. And I, you just see it when they play with you know those quarters with no points. You know O'Brien's now gone. Uh, Cornell, you know like you said, great defensive mind. He's been there with the Texans for quite a while now. Um, he was there when Vrabel was there, you know. So, uh, but you know, he doesn't have the best record as a head coach. You know, he's really not really that guy. He's more of a, a coordinator type of guy. So, you know, I'm not saying that he can't, you know, find some wins because the team is still pretty talented all around. But I just don't think he's like that. You know, uh, like Lafleur, for example, going to Green Bay and then taking the team to, you know, the the. A, a NFC championship game, you know, so. I, I would agree. And, you know, an interesting thing about this season that we're, we're seeing is, you know, scoring is up offenses are doing better. Um, and there's an interesting, you know, sort of idea behind that, that I've read about a few times in the last few weeks around just because of how the off season went, for whatever reason, this seems to lean towards offenses doing better. And, you know, the Texans are only getting 22 points a game. And and if you look at a lot of the games, even the games we've been in, 
you know, we're, we're scoring 30 points fairly comfortably like a lot of other teams. You, you've got to do more than that. Um, and I, I don't think you can put anything on one person, but like Watson's just not playing well. He's not making good decisions. So when he's only got a 67% completion rate with nine touchdowns and five interceptions, you're going to have a hard time winning games. So I, I think that, you know, they're going to play tough. I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I don't necessarily expect this to be another blowout win for us. Um, you know, but I, I do think that Houston still hasn't quite figured out who they are, who they want to be, how they want to get there. And we're yeah. obviously – No, I think I think this know, game goes a lot like the Jacksonville game where it came down to that last possession in the fourth quarter. I think it's, it's going to be one of those situations. I hope it's not – as close, just because yeah. I really like beating up on the Texans, probably more than any other team in the division. But uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. So right. plus uh, stressful but, you know, wins just aren't are that much fun. Play. I'm sure they're going to play hard, but you know they have a lot of guys out. Um, you know, and we have some guys that are still in the the COVID list. But you know, I'm not even going to hold that against the team since we had probably half the team in that list before the Bills game, and we've gotten some guys back. So you know. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun game, and it's it's nice that we're getting you know some of our key guys ready for this week. So I mean, it, I don't know. I just feel bad for the Texans fans at this point. <laughs> um, maybe I'm not as as good of a person as you are, in my soul, because I don't really feel bad for Texans fans, but I will certainly extend pity if and when we're able to get the win uh, tomorrow. Um, a few things about this game that I was curious what you thought about is, you know, obviously Vrabel came from Houston. Shane Bowen was formerly with Houston. This is Clowney's first chance to actually play against Houston. And then, oddly yeah, enough, their offensive coordinator <laughs> is Dennis Kelly's brother. Um, I mean, it is – are these just sort of like weird coincidences, or do you think there's like an actual? I'm sure there's a, a lot of advantages because some of those, uh, probably those aspects. some of the learnings that Vrabel had under Cornell, I mean, are there. And then you know the secondary coach was also from the Texans, right? I can't think of his name. Um, you know, I think a lot they'll they'll understand a lot of their coaching styles and stuff. So you're probably going to see some of those almost like gotcha moments in the game where, you know, Cornell will be like, you know what, I know they do this. And then they end up getting, mm. they have that play designed for, you know, those tendencies or whatever it is that they understand about the code. So I think you might see some of those moments, but at the same time, I think it'll go the other way too, where, you know, uh, the quarterback's coach was uh, formerly Watson's uh, quarterback coach from his rookie year. So he probably understands Watson really well, uh, you know, and then the secondary coach, I mean, and the uh, Bowen, they, probably have a lot of familiarity with the roster and then their tendencies of mistakes that they make and then kind of probably sharing that with uh, Arthur Smith. So, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those games where everybody's changing notes and everybody says that he does this, he does that, you know, so uh, it's going to be a lot. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, you know, where like, it's just going to be everybody kind of having notes on everybody else. So. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things you are seeing with our team right now is that, you know, you talked earlier about Vrabel making things simple. I would agree with that. And yet, at the same time, a challenge for the, any defense playing us is we can beat you or move the ball or score different ways. I mean, obviously, you've got to respect Henry, but we're seeing Tannehill get more comfortable running or scrambling. Of course, we can throw the ball downfield to AJ, to Raymond, John New. Like, I, I think it's going to be yeah, no, for those I, reasons you know, that, that essentially give us the advantage. allowing 160 yards a game. They're giving up 242 in the air. Of course, they played some pretty uh, 
tough offenses in the, in that stretch, but still, you know, giving up 160 a clip of a game on the ground to a guy who just came off, you know, two touchdowns and, you know, 60 yards, you know. So, I mean, I just don't – I think Henry's going to just have a field day with them and just uh, attack from that perspective. But then at the same time, you know, their secondary obviously isn't playing that well either. So, you know, Tannehill will definitely have uh, the ball around. Speaking of Henry, and, and my apologies for this not being <laughs> mentioned before, but we have to hit pause for a moment and go back oh to that Bills gosh. game. <laughs> um, the stiff arm that Derrick Henry used on Josh Norman. I, I keep checking uh, <laughs> news updates. As far as we can tell, Norman has not landed yet. They're expecting him to land sometime soon. His ego probably will never come back. Um I mean that was unreal. That was by oh, far the most it epic was, stiff arm we've ever seen. Yeah, he just sort of like, I don't even feel like, like he was a half trying. stiff arm, if that makes sense. You know, uh, yeah. When when he did that, everybody in my house, my neighbors, right. everybody went ooh, like you know, it was just like so funny. Like I can't imagine if you had been in a a packed bar, how you would have heard that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I was at home and I took a yeah, lap no, just for just, crazy just for that to, play to see. Him. I took a lap. I mean, that was the beautiful. sheer strength of Henry just was on full display. So it was just incredible. And uh, I have a couple of chat, uh, t- uh, group chats, uh, sorry, group texts with a couple of friends, and like that took up like the next thirty minutes after that happened of them just sending me all the memes that were just popping up. Like it was crazy. So uh, it was a lot of fun to see. Good for Henry. <laughs> You know, and you kind of called it ahead of this next game, but don't you think that he's yeah, getting really more comfortable, is, you know, or perhaps our running process is getting a yard, bit smoother? You know, hundred something yard game or anything, but yet, you know, he still picks up those hard yards when nobody thinks he is, and he carries. I mean, I couldn't count the amount of times I literally saw him carrying two guys on his back. You know, he would only get you know three or four yards, but he's carrying guys with them. You know, and it's and it just has to break down the defense to the point where. There at the end, he just runs one in because they don't even want to tackle him. You know, I mean, nobody touched him on that last touchdown run. So, I mean, I think he just wears the other team down, and he's not doing it so much by, like, having those long 100-yard runs that we saw last year. But, you know, he's definitely just more comfortable with picking up with what he can get. And then, you know, of course, you know, we can switch up with McNichols to give him a breather here and there, you know. So, and I noticed – I was just going to say – yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you picked this up, but yeah, it felt like when no, go, another go running back goes in and Henry's on the sideline, it almost looks like he's fuming that he's not in. Like, it, it seems like it's like making him like more mad. So when he comes back in, I always get a sense like he actually runs a lot better on that first play back because it feels like he's trying to prove something like, hey, hey, I'm the number one guy, you know. So I don't know if you picked that up, but that's just kind of how I felt about it, you know. <laughs> you know i i mean perhaps like it it's so hard to kind of tell you know i i don't know i i'm perhaps arguably too neutral about stuff like that because i try not to read into it because he usually seems so you know chill and jovial you know between games or talking with the media um right i'm sure there are going to be times where he let me let me backtrack i'm sure he wants to be on every play i i'm i'm we've actually heard i think in in past games where you know, Brable was like, nope, take a breather, take a moment. He's like, no, I want to play. So I, I'm sure that that's true. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I think at the same time, like it's some great motivation. Um, I mean, I was just double checking this because I didn't want to say it and be wrong, but you know, he's had at least one run of 12 yards or more in every game. So it's like this weird reality where it's like, even though we haven't still seen that, that crazy long home run just yet, I mean, he's still dominating and he's still in the top five of the league in terms of rushing. So, I mean, he, whatever is keeping him motivated, I yeah. would say keep, no, he's keep, definitely, it. keep it going, you know, keep at it. Let's keep approaching it that way. Are paying off I mean, when he was to run up the hills and stuff, because he's definitely carrying two guys with them on every play. It's awesome. Yep. <laughs> it's beautiful it's beautiful um one there's a couple of things that i would like to see us do better on in this game and it one is i think a, a very challenging ask of course we are currently right now we've got a sack percentage of just 3.21 percent and that's nearly dead last in the league at 30th um i think watson's a tough guy to bring down but they are giving up about three sacks a game so you'd love to see something there and offensively we have got to get better on third down. We're 60% and that is last. Um, and that's a little bit crazy. Like it's a little bit crazy that we're, we're able to keep winning these games and not do so well on third down. So, you know, would love to see some kind yeah, of momentum no, from the team it, I agree. Uh, tomorrow uh, you know, in, in one or we'll both of those respects. And one of the pressures this week, you know, how that's kind of a glaring uh, sore spot, but yeah, it would be nice to see them kind of, get the Texans off the field and get the offense back on by stopping them on third down. Um, and so I think that's definitely an area the team needs to improve in. And I think uh, like to your point uh, with a kind of a mediocre offensive line uh, and Clowney having some, you know, payback for the Texans kind of letting him walk, you know, the, you know, a couple of years ago, I think, you know, I think he's got a lot to prove, and I think he's going to play harder than he has in any of the games. So I definitely see him picking up a sack and, you know, probably Landry for sure. But, yeah, that's definitely something we got to improve. But I, I think just to kind of take a, take a step back from that, I think it's because we play a lot of coverage zone type of stuff. So much like when I watch the Bills play, we kind of do something very similar where we only blitz four guys. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't even say blitz because that's not a true blitz. Blitz is more than four guys, but, but it, it, we only play, we always just rush four. So, you know, we don't really get great pressure with four guys. It's not really that I think they're playing bad. I think it's just cause they're uh, the, the odds against them are pretty tough with five on four, you know? So. So one thing about this game too, that I, I'm kind of curious about is, you know, there's a, there's a classic play in football where, passes made and the receiver or whoever's on the other end doesn't make the catch because they're already looking upfield, whether it's because the defender's nearby or they just got distracted, whatever. So they, they don't make the catch. Um, and I'm saying that to say this after this game tomorrow, Houston goes on to play the Packers, Tennessee goes on to play the Steelers. So for both these teams, obviously tomorrow is important. I think both teams are locked in on that, but you know, you wonder if there's any kind of slight look ahead, knowing that for both sides, they have got two really, really difficult games against, you know, yeah, two of the best I think it could undefeated be teams a, remaining a here several weeks Pittsburgh in. It's going to be uh, another Bills game, but I think it's going to be even harder just because both teams will have, you know, assuming there's, you know, no issues with COVID and those kinds of things. But if we have a full week of practice and a full week of planning, 
I'm pretty sure the Bills are going to bring it because it's not going to be any of this guessing game that the Bills had. The, the Pittsburgh is going to be ready to play. So it's definitely going to be, I think, you know, as hard a challenge, if, if not harder, just due to the fact that Pittsburgh will just have a, a normal kind of setting. And then I think, uh, is, is the game at home or is it on the road? I can't remember for Pittsburgh. Okay, that's right. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. So, if we're at home, we're you know we're at home for for the next for two. Us yeah, they're starting to let some fans in, so I'm sure that makes the guys play a little harder too. You know, so. But. Yeah, and really, I think it's it's another thing to savor. We've got tomorrow and then the following week against the Steelers at home before we go back on the road. Um, you know, and I, I think we're we're obviously going to be competitive no matter where we play. But it's nice to be home. I think we've had a good stretch at home. Um, so yeah, that's a big know, advantage. To, tomorrow and, and next week will certainly be nice for us to not have uh, to travel. Update at home. everybody on who's going to play. We're getting Blasey game back. Uh, we're getting Humphreys back. We're getting Batson back. We're getting Fullington back. Uh, Jones is coming back, but he's uh, questionable for the game. Uh, Isaiah Wilson is online. Uh, and then Brinkley and a cornerback, Greg Mabin, uh, off the reserve COVID list. So that's good to see all those guys coming back and healthy. Definitely some uh, great help. I know, what, is Simmons going to so be back in action yet, or he's, he's still uh, out know, of game? There's nothing There's nothing here that he's questionable or anything like that. So I think he's, he's definitely a go. So, you know, yeah, I would definitely see him. The only ones that are kind of still on the list that are key guys is Corey Davis and uh, Pruitt. Uh, Those are definitely big contributors, but they're still hanging out in that list for now. Yep. And certainly to, to those on staff, any players certainly hope that they continue to get well, um, you know, as, as time goes on, hopefully, Especially leading up to that Pittsburgh yeah, game would be super ideal to get back quickly, Corey and get uh, back some of those other away from the, guys. Uh, the Texans uh, focus, but what did you think about Correa leaving? Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, you know, what's interesting is I was already thinking about the fact that we're approaching the trade deadline before reports even broke that he uh, was unhappy and asking for a trade. Um, Look, it's it's tough. I mean, he certainly had a great year for us last year. Um, when you and I talked about it, you mentioned that, you know that he was kind of one of those uh, player discoveries by Pease when he was with us. Um, so last year was kind of a, a really big year for him. You know, and and I put this on me in the sense that I didn't highlight this well when we got Clowney in because the idea is like you bring in a guy like Clowney that's going to do two things. It's certainly going to influence positively in a sense, other players. And I think you've seen that with like Landry, especially, but also that reality is it's going to, in some ways, I think take away snaps from other guys. And I think we've seen that with Correa, especially Um, at the same time though, he just hasn't played well when he was in. Um, And I think it's just a combination of all those things. Um, I think for any player, I'm sure that they want to play as much as they can. Um, and I, I doubt this was like a overnight, suddenly he didn't think he was playing enough thing. I think it was probably building from the start of the season that he wanted more time. And, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's production or just the scheme that we're trying to go with, um, he just hadn't gotten that time. And so it's not to be harsh, yep. but, but to me, the moment a player says that they don't want to be there, get them out. 
it, it's not going to do anything helpful for the team to keep that person around. So, you know, I don't wish him <laughs> bad in any sense. I mean, he went to Jacksonville, so careful what you wish for, son. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about it. I think they made the right move to, to get him out of there. Um, yeah, no, I, and, I think you know, so it'll too. just I, be I another chance little, for some you know, other players to step up. Peace left because Peace seemed he was kind of tied to him. You know, so once he left, the new staff probably didn't think as highly of him. But, hey, you know, uh, if you don't want to be here, then it's better that you go somewhere else. And he found a home at Jacksonville, which is suspect, to say the least. But, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, he's gone. We're done. We moved on. And like you said, it'll give somebody else another chance to perform. So. Yep. Um, yeah, do you want to do predictions for the game next or talk about some more just show. maybe general so, league news? Um, I got – yeah, it does because I, I missed I missed last week. So uh, all, the, all the fans Hold out there can you know, drill me on that one because um, <laughs> I thought we were okay. Win, but here we are. Uh, so I think we win uh, – I have the score at about 28 to 21 or – yeah, 28 to 21. That's kind of where I'm landing. So – Oh wow! I like yeah, it. I've yeah. got I've got thirty twenty uh, yeah, in favor of Tennessee. So we're we're kind of on the same page there. You know um, how I like what, it. How, you know how many field goals the Texans end up kicking, but uh, I think it's definitely right around that range where we hit our thirty point mark basically, and then just put the game away. So you know um, that's yeah. So yeah, um, <laughs> I agree. Just, just excited yeah, for another game day. I mean, it was, it was a quick turnaround, but I, I think we'll be uh, as ready Sunday, as we can Monday, be. Uh, due to uh, my wife's wedding that we have to go to, so we have to drive to Tucson. If it had been local, I might have been able to sneak in a few beers, but the drive to Tucson's killer, so it's going to be uh... – <laughs> Just to clarify for those listening at home, it's not actually your wife's wedding. Because that seems either redundant or there's maybe some follow-up questions. (laughs) There we go. Whatever. Hey. hey. There we go. And hey, I mean, if it was your wife's wedding, but you weren't part of it, I mean, mean, as long as you're happy, we'll support Uh, you. I had his buddy come into town last night, and uh, he wanted to do – we used to actually hang out when I used to watch all the games at Zips. Like, I spent, like, a ton of seasons there. He wanted to kind of relive that uh, tomorrow, but – I was like, man, you came from San Diego on like the one week and I actually have something to do on a Sunday. <laughs> so I won't be able to, to go through with that. But yeah, no, it's a, it is bad time. But that bad timing on his part, because luckily I'll be able to watch our game because right when it ends, we have to take off to Tucson. So it, uh, it'll be perfect. Uh, I'll at least get to see the game in peace here. So it won't be the typical like get crazy with the neighbors and, you know, blackout and those kinds of things. It'll just be like, drinking some soda and water and eating breakfast so <laughs> yeah uh if they if they you're well, gonna see you me like get, crazy get to the celebration later the in the day so it'll probably show in the pictures so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like man whoever this guy is he is beaming uh, well, I don't know. I mean, 
it's not that there isn't news. I, I guess what's interesting right now with, with where the NFL is at is <clears throat> the way I look at it rather is just that, you know, they're still really just trying to commit to getting through this season as is, or without as much shuffling as is really necessary. Um, and, and in a way it feels sort of like vindication for Tennessee, but you're of course seeing other teams struggle with, you know, positive tests or, or, or outbreaks to an extent. So it's not just like this was a, a one-time issue in Nashville. Um, but I do think it's interesting that, you know, we're approaching week six Um there hasn't been any real confirmation that the NFL is looking at adding, you know, an extra week between the end of the season and playoffs. You're not even hearing that they're confirmed considering a, a bubble, even just for the playoffs. I mean, I'm sure they will at some point, And then they kind of just keep saying that everything's still on the table, but I do think it's a little bit odd that, you know, they're not trying to be a little bit more concrete other than just really. Yeah. You know, down I, I on, think you, Pretty much, if anyone doesn't feel 100% normal, get them out. Trying to basically, if you will, go with plan B at this point. They seem really set on plan A, which was just to play every week, no matter what happens, uh, (laughs) which is really odd. Um, I think think they, for some reason, are really uh, hesitating to adding any kind of extra games to the season or moving the schedule around by any means. Because, I mean, you know, we talked about this uh, months ago, how like it would have been nice to just start later or shorten the season, you know, do a couple of things that would have given the guys more time through this kind of, you know, period where there's not a real vaccine in sight, you know, uh, which by all accounts, they're thinking more towards the end of the year, early next year. So I don't know. It's just interesting. The NFL didn't try to take advantage of any of those ideas that we floated, but they're just going head on. So. We'll see what happens. But uh, you brought up another good point also, by the way, is that other teams are experiencing what we did. So we don't we're not the poster child anymore for COVID. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. That's right. Feels good. And and I mean, I, I'm sure that it's a, a, a scenario where once there's maybe no way out or once, you know, there really is no other option. I'm sure you'll see something put in place. Um it, it just kind of goes back to the idea of like, it would be nice to have an idea of, of what's taking place. Cause I, I think as, as we get more into the season, um, I think what's tough about it is like, we're, we're just running out of any room to do anything, but put the season on hold. And that doesn't make any sense, you know, for, for anyone involved. So we'll see how things continue to go. Um, obviously we're, we're finding ways to get through the season, even though it's not, always ideal because um, even with the bubble aspect which I think a lot of people are like that makes the most sense because you've seen it in other sports you do have some weird things about that where so far cities like Dallas Los Angeles <laughs> have been mentioned Detroit's even been thrown in there probably just out of compassion because it's Detroit but whatever I guess what's weird about that even is right. it's like let's say they end up doing a bubble scenario in Dallas and LA who do you decide goes where you know, you've got, you know, teams playing in different conditions, whatever. So it's, there are some complexities to it. So in that standpoint, I kind of get the delay, but you know, if, if yeah, anything, agreed. we'll, we'll hope mean, that we can just can get through as many point. games as possible before a decision really has to be made. And at least another thing to mention uh, last week, or last game rather was the first time really with any fans in attendance. Um, And that was awesome. I mean, I know it's not anywhere near, 
even like half capacity. But I think it is good to see that, you know, you're getting more and more of that fan presence. I think that that does add some spirit to the games. Um, and what a great way for, for our fans yeah, to no, experience definitely. a game and then initially they got there the, with the Bills uh, game. The puppy so action in the hopefully tomorrow thing, right? they, they put on another show. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, you know, to have some dogs up in the stands, you know. Those it's, puppies, it's so cool that's going to be great. does a lot of work with that. I know Logan Ryan had a – uh, shelter when he was with the team but the team's still kind of carrying that on helping you know rescues and dogs and you know animals in general i mean that's awesome you know just a good way to you know spend their time you know so yep definitely good to see those efforts um anything you've noticed on on the threads front i know i'm still waiting for some stuff to arrive it's been <laughs> well, I'll tell you really what, hard to I be patient to this year with with night, the mail system uh, being a bit slower than usual for the bills game it, they literally came that afternoon right before the game it was destiny and i put them on and i felt like a new man i felt like i was a little taller i felt like it's i called was a baller destiny. you know so uh it, <laughs> are you sure uh so but uh pretty I, sure it was that's awesome wearing those those on i, I even pretty you know, sure polos for this last game and uh you know we got to call that out what we're wearing this week by the way and then uh you know but yeah no the, the getting the shoes was great there's nothing out there the tommy hill figure stuff was kind of weird to see this week at fanatics but you know whatever and uh just you know <laughs> I think the, the gear in general is still good out there, and there's a good sale today at the uh, Titans fan shop for anybody that's listening. Yeah, so a couple of thoughts there. I mean, we, we forgot to call out that, you know, we finally changed our uniforms going into that Bills game. So I think it's always sharp when, when they go with the all-Navy look. Um, boys looked good, and we're actually wearing that again tomorrow. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, I think you and I were talking about doing the white tees uh, for tomorrow <laughs> just because, mostly because of you, because in the past you've never really been able to do that. And now you actually have the opportunity to and you need to. Um, but then on the Tommy Hilfiger deal, it's, it's kind of weird, but it's like, it's Tommy Hilfiger weird. So it's kind of <laughs> what you would expect. It's very like, to me, it's like douchey Titans fan apparel, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. There's, there's the, the t-shirt you sent me is weird, but there is a polo shirt that I think is kind of cool. I'll probably cave at some point. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was trying to be too negative polos, Nancy about it. I, I don't know. It's unique. It's just cool to see him get creative. Other brands jump into the NFL like that, you know, cause you, Typically, I just had like Nike and New Era and the Fanatics brand and, you know, Under Armour, yeah. you know, was able to get a few things in with some of the agreements to me at the NFL. But it's just so weird that, I mean, who knows, we'll have Louis Vuitton uh, Titans gear by the end of next year. So, you know, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, was, I guess the NFL is just finding ways yeah. to. It'll be uh, interesting to see like who decides to jump in on looks, this. Because it's definitely. The shirts from them are nowhere near anything that Nike's done. So, <laughs> oh yeah, True. like I True. love those hey, Hawaiian. It's, it's cool to see some options. Like, I, I think each year it kind of gets better and sad. better in terms I of what you can one. pick but, from. Uh, I I love those kinds of things, and you know, again, that's very different from a lot yep. of other gear that you see, and not anywhere near close to sideline stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, so, but uh, I did order a, a little cool, cooler koozie from titans i think i showed you that it was kind of a yeah. drunk buying after the game um so 
I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I get that, I think, on Tuesday. Because, uh, you know, I have that other, you know, the tote bag that I always carry around. That's a Titans bag. But, you know, that thing's kind of made for, like, a serious party. And then whenever I go to my neighbor's house, they're so loaded with mm-hmm. booze that, mm-hmm. like, it makes sense to bring something smaller than that because they already have a ton. So, <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> They're probably exactly. like, man, why did Ruben yeah, pack no, like he was running away from little, home? You know, just to kind of, you know, maybe get a beer in there for the walk over to their house, really. And uh, and then I ordered that uh, that mask, that that new era uh, mask, the sideline mask. So that's going to be super cool, you know. Yep, I I'm waiting on one of those myself, and then. Um... Waiting on yeah, one of the sidelines uh, from, from that, Dick Sporting uh, Goods. So there's the again, it's it, it, there's um, some good amount of options. That, so now. that was kind of cool that she would dig digged it. So I picked it up for her. So yeah, <laughs> you know it's, it's actually funny. So Green Bay has the same one. Titan, uh, she's a winner. Flowers, She'll support the Titans. That, I actually thought the Green Bay one was nicer because the flowers were like yellow. So they look like daisies, you know. Um, it, so it actually looked, the, the design overall looked better in Green Bay colors. But she actually really liked the tight ones more, so I went for it. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, don't argue that. Well, it definitely feels good to still be undefeated, and uh, you and I both both think yeah, we'll still be no, that way after tomorrow. Exciting. So, tomorrow, we're gonna at this point, all we can do is sit back and watch and, and root on the boys. Which one? But it'll definitely be white. Um, and so it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a good day. Uh, another big win for the Titans and, uh, we'll just send the Texans packing home. So, (laughs) somebody has to keep that AFC South lead. It's been, it's been fun already. So yeah, it'll be good. And uh, next week will obviously be a, a, a really big turning point. I think in the year, obviously a, a big game to prepare for. Oh yeah, for sure. And there. hopefully, so, you know, we you get know, a little bit more time been fun, with but our a lot of exciting of uh, things life, to talk about coming uh, up. Work stuff to uh, get a little bit more in for next week's show. Cause it, next week, the next game is going to be huge for us. So <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. We're going to need to just maybe take some PTO or just <laughs> schedule some time just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Putting in a two hour notice. I need two hours at least. Yeah. Well, appreciate your time as always, uh, Ruben, on point today. And uh, appreciate those listening. Um, we're going to try and get some. Some guests on here at some point. I know we were trying to get your Bills fan buddy on here. Probably for the best, though, because I can't imagine he wants to talk now. Um, but we'll see what we can do. I mean, I, my buddy James is a big Steelers fan, so maybe we can get him to, to jump yeah. on next week. And, I mean, he wouldn't be compassionate about football yeah, at all, no, but that's I'm okay. Totally for it. We'll try Steelers, to figure that so out. Kind of have reason to be confident, you know. Yeah. See you later, guys. Go Titans. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. It's another episode of.